Well, good morning again. So hopefully when you came in, um, you grabbed a bulletin, and if you didn't, that's okay. You can also scan our digital online bulletin and have the digital notes there. Uh, but you definitely want to make sure you're jotting down notes and taking notes because we have a lot of information today as we get ready to kind of share kind of the vision of First Baptist Church. And uh, so one of the things that's helpful is to be able to write these things down so that you can truly just take part of this. And so last week, um, I talked about resolu- resolute resolutions. And in that, the main, the main big idea was that kingdom eyes equate to gospel lives. Kingdom lives equate to gospel lives. And the idea behind that was that when you see yourself and the world around you, through the lens of the gospel, through the lens of the kingdom, it should impact how you live because your priorities are aligned to the things of God. So it's all about how you see. Well, another word for see would be how you, what's your vision. And so today what I want to talk about is kingdom eyes and what that looks like for the church. What is the kingdom eyes of the church? What is the church's vision? What is the church all about? What are we all about? We have a lot of new people that are coming in every week, coming into First Baptist Church, Elgin. And we just want to take a moment before we kick off this busy, busy new year. We want to let you know who we are, what we're all about, and invite you to join us and be a part of what God is doing here at First Baptist. And so with that, I want to lead us out. If we want to understand vision, we should talk about a scripture that brings up vision, and that's Proverbs 28, 19. And here we read that where there is no vision, the people perish. Okay, this is the King James translation. I like the way this is worded, but it could be a little misleading. Okay? Um, specifically, when you don't know where you're going, okay? vision is kind of like, where are you going? Then any route can seem like the right route because you don't know where you're going. But when you know where you're going, then you're very easily able to discern, are you going the right direction to get where you want to go? And so what happens is God's people, without a vision of where they're going, where the kingdom's going, what Jesus is asking us to do, we can get busy doing a lot of things, but maybe not end up at the destination that we want to be. So it's important to be able to understand what is the vision? What is that vision? Now, in the Old Testament, for God's people to be, have communion with Him, they had a bunch of commandments. They had 613 commandments that they had to follow. That's a lot of commandments. It's a lot of obeying. And it's very easy in those 613 to get lost. They're kind of like, where am I going with this? Which one's more important than the other? But fortunately, that question was actually asked of Jesus when they were asking about kind of the vision of the kingdom, what's moving forward. And he, he, he answered them. So I want, to, I want to take you to Matthew 22, 35 through 40. Matthew 22, 35 through 40. But I want to pray first that God would illuminate our hearts and minds to see his vision for this church. So join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for gathering with us today in your spirit. And so, Father, we come before your throne of grace and we ask for your assistance, ask for your enablement. Father, if you don't illuminate things, if you don't reveal yourself, then we won't be able to understand. And so, Father, we need vision. Um, We've asked for gospel eyes last week, and this week we want to see what the vision of the church is so that we can align our lives with that. And so, Father, open up our eyes, open up our hearts and minds to see the vision of the church and how we play a part of that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take a look here at Matthew 22, starting in verse 35. And so, one of the, it says, one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question to test him. 
Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And what I want to point out to you on this one is that the observation is that loving God and loving people is the greatest commandment. Loving God and loving people is the greatest commandment. He's, he simplifies it. So rather than trying to figure out how to follow 613 commandments, he makes it very simple. There's one. Love God and love people. That's a lot easier to follow than 613. So what we see here is that if we're going to have a godly vision for the church, Jesus helps us by simplifying that vision. And part of that vision for the church has to be centered with love. If you don't have love, you've missed it. If we don't have love as a church, we've missed it. Love has to be the foundational cornerstone of how we do life and how we do church. Love is so, so important. So speaking of church, if the church is going to be about love, then what is the purpose of the church? Why do we come and gather? Why do we do this on Sunday mornings and, and during the midweek and different times? Why do we do this? When I was studying this, uh, you'll have to forgive me because this is what popped into my mind, you know, was uh, Forrest Gump. If you remember the movie Forrest Gump, long time ago, but I remember Forrest talking to his mama. goes, Mama, what is my destiny? All right? He, he didn't quite know what he was supposed to do with his life. And I remember there's one scene when Forrest is in boot camp. And uh, the drill instructor comes in, they all pop tall. And the drill instructor comes over to Forrest Gump and goes, Gump, what is your sole purpose in this army? And Forrest responds, to do whatever it is you tell me to do, drill sergeant. All right? He wanted to know his purpose. All right? That was pretty, pretty bad. My kids would say, Dad, don't. Don't. Just don't. Dad, don't. Please. Right? You're embarrassing yourself. And yet I keep doing it. Because that's what dads do. <laughs> anyway, what's the purpose? So we know love has to be foundational in our vision. But what are we here for? I want to take you to Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And it says, And he, Jesus, gave the apostles, gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so here we get a glimpse of one of the chief purposes of the church. One of the chief purposes of the church is to equip the saints for ministry. That's our second observation. The church exists to equip the saints for ministry. All right? And so what we see here is we see that equipping. It's kind of like setting a bone, mending nets. It's, it's, a, it's a term to prepare to be useful. Okay? The whole purpose of it is, it is if a bone is broken, you have to set it so that it can function and do what it's supposed to do. If you're trying to fish and you have a hole in your net, guess what? You're not going to catch many fish. It doesn't serve a purpose. And so what God is using the church to do is to equip the saints to do ministry. Equip the saints to do ministry. And this is key. This is very key. Notice who is doing the ministry. The saints. Who are these saints? 
Who are these saints? You are. I am. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we are all saints. Right? So uh, we have a saying that I, I brought here from a previous church, but the saying goes, I'm just the pastor, you all are the ministers. Right? I'm just the pastor, you all are the ministers. And now I want you to say that. I'm just the pastor, you all are the Let's do it again. I'm just the pastor. You all are the? Right. So that means if you're ministers, what do ministers do? If you're ministers, what do ministers do? Ministry. Pretty simple, right? Yeah. So therefore, the church exists to equip who for ministry? You. That's why... I have a role as pastor. Now, I'm a player coach. Jason's a player coach. Our staff are player coaches. And what that means is we're not exempt from this. We don't have a higher position. We're in the game because we're also saints. We don't get an, an exemption from this. Right? I need to be trained for ministry. Pastor Jason is trained for ministry. Our staff is trained for ministry. Everyone's being equipped and trained for ministry. We just have certain callings on our lives that, that God asks us to serve in certain capacities, but it doesn't take us away from the responsibility of being equipped to serve because we're saints too. So we're player coaches, and you're all the players. All right? Well, then moving from there then, okay, so what we know is two things. If we're putting together a vision for the church, one, it has to be centered on love. We've got to have love. The other part is we've got to make sure we understand what the church is for, to equip, to learn. We have to be a church that learns. We need to know how to do ministry. And then going from there, what we need to find out is what type of ministry, what it matters in ministry. And I want to take you to Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And it says here, this is the Great Commission. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All right. So what we're learning here, now this is important. This is important. This is the fundamental philosophy and principle of all ministry. And that leads us to our next observation, that all ministry is centered around the gospel and making disciples. All ministry. You, you think of any ministry that's ever been done in the church or outside of the church, in Jesus' name, is founded on and purposed for moving the gospel and making disciples. Helping people come to find Jesus as their Lord and Savior and then helping them grow in that salvation. One of the ways that we're going to start doing that here is uh, if you haven't noticed, we have updated our reading plan. So we've got a couple great excitement uh, announcements here. So one is if you go out to the welcome desk, we have our daily reading plan here. Last year, we went through the whole New Testament over the course of uh, 2023. This year, we're going to go through Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. We're going to enjoy a little bit of poetry and some wisdom uh, this year as we go through that. But there's something even greater coming, too. Pastor Jason and I are working hard to put together five-day devotionals that follow along with the sermon series. 
So that way, not only coming and learning during church at the sermon, but you can also have a five-day weekly devotional that takes you deeper into related scriptures and help you go deeper into the main theme, the main teaching that Jason brought on Sunday. And so the whole, the whole point of that is to help equip you for ministry. What ministry is that? The Great Commission, making disciples and, and sharing the gospel. And so that's just a couple ways that we're doing that. So I would really encourage you, be on the lookout when we start next week and we start bringing out the new sermon series. Look for that five-day devotional. And also, if you just want something to have as a bookmark in a daily little five minutes, takes five minutes, um, grab one of these reading plans. Okay? All right, so now we've got these three things we just talked about. We've got love, we've got learning, and then we see that all ministry, right, all ministry is centered around the gospel and making disciples. And the way that Jesus showed that and the way that he modeled that, he showed us that life was ministry, that ministry was life. It wasn't like you just go to church and minister, and then you go home and you don't. You're supposed to be ministering in all aspects of your life. Every avenue of your life is an opportunity to share the gospel and to make disciples. So whether you're a student in high school or middle school, elementary school, I remember my son Trent, he's uh, 22 now, grown, but I remember when he was like six or seven in second grade, and he was so on fire, and he's still on fire, but he was so on fire, he would talk to me about when he would go out to recess as a little second grader, and he's like, I got to tell the kids about Jesus. They need to follow Jesus. He saw himself as a minister in the second grade playground area, and everywhere he went, he was wanting to tell people about Jesus, and that's how we should see our lives, no matter where God has us. We're on mission. We have ministry in front of us. And so that leads us to our vision for the church. The FBC vision is to love, learn, and live like Jesus. And I just shared with you the scripture verses that support that. That's what we're about. That's what we're doing. What are we all about here at First Baptist? We passionately want to learn how to love and learn and live just like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. That's what we're about. And how do we do that here? What's our mission? How do we go about that here? Well, our mission follows that. Our mission is to equip families to be transformed by the gospel, loving through worship, learning through discipleship, and living through service. We want to equip families. And when I'm saying family, I'm talking about all the way from the cradle, all the way to the grave. When, I, when we say families, we're talking about all y'all. Okay, but you'll notice God is doing an amazing work here. We are growing at a great rate with young families. That is beautiful. But here's why our mission is so important. Like never before in the history of time, the world and Satan is attacking everything that God has put in place to build families. Family was the first institution that God put together, starting with a marriage and then the raising of a family. That is what all of society hinges on. Nations, governments, tribes, churches, organizations, everything is based on the foundational values of family. And Satan is just at complete war doing everything he can to corrupt it and destroy the system that God put in place for family. And so where we want to get in the fight is we as a church, and I'm talking we, we want to go to battle right there on the front lines, and we want to bring the gospel into the family for all of you and for all of our community. That's what we want to be about. And we do that through worship, learning, and serving. 
That's our motto here, worship, learn, and serve. And so I want to talk about some applications of how you can be a part of that. Okay, how can you be a part of that? Well, the first one is I want you to know that we really encourage active participation in worship. Actively participating. You've heard Pastor Jason say this before if you've been here. Actively participate. What does he mean by that? What do we mean by that? It means when we sing, we sing. When we sing, we sing. We actually use words. All right? It's a joyful noise to the Lord. It may not be a joyful noise to those in front of you, but that's okay. I just keep it softer. Okay? When I'm up front, I can sing as loud as I want. Jimmy hasn't yelled at me yet. All right? But if you're behind people, I'm still singing. And I learned a long time ago that men of God, there is no shame in raising your hand and being active in that worship. I got no shame. I'm going to stand before you all, and I'm going to raise my hands because I need Jesus more than all you all. And I'm so thankful for what he's done for me. So I can't. How can I not be like King David, who was the mightiest warrior of all time? King David sung his heart out for the Lord. How can we as men of God not sing our hearts out for the Lord? So when we sing, we sing. All right? But we don't just stop there. When we give, we give. All right? So when the offering comes around, we give what we can. We give our tithe. We do what we can do. We play our part. All right? So that's part of that worship. And then when we study, we study. All right? We study. We give you sermon notes. We give you the digital notes. Bring your Bibles. Bring a highlighter. Bring a pen. Work that Bible. When I've done some memorial services, the first thing I do is I ask for the person's Bible if they have one. It tells a lot about the person when you open their Bible. If you open the Bible, now granted, if it's a new Bible because they wore it out, that's different. But if you open a Bible and it's just empty, you wonder what type of life they had. And you're preparing to talk and share with their family as they're grieving. But when you open the Bible and you just see that it is just worn and scribbled and highlighted and there's notes and there's tears and there's blood and there's all types of dirt, you know this person was deeply in love with Jesus. And man, that brings so much comfort. And their life mattered. And so when we study, we study. When we study, we study. And so that's why we want to provide reading plans and daily devotionals and get you engaged in studying. All right? But, this, but active participation in worship doesn't just stay here in church. It's not meant to be a Sunday morning event only. It's supposed to be all of life. Romans 12 tells us that your whole life should be a spiritual act of worship. Right? So we worship. How do we worship? In life. Well, I shared that last week. You see, you serve, and you share the gospel. So I'd encourage you, if you didn't hear last week's sermon, go back and watch it. But with kingdom eyes, you can then use your whole life as an act of worship. All right, what else should we do about this? Number two, we need to be resolute in connecting to a learned community. This is really big, and I want to spend the bulk of my time here with this. This is so important, so, so important. First thing I want to let you know, I want to let you know we got a lot of ministries that just started back up this Sunday and are starting back up next Sunday and the following week. So as we get ready for our spring semester here, we've got ministries popping up all over the place, and I want you to know about these. First thing I want you to know about is on Sunday mornings at 8.30, right? We have Sunday school, all right? So we have a men's Sunday school class, we have a women's Sunday school class, and we have a couple's Sunday school class. All right. This is generally reserved for our, 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 our older folks, our senior folks, our empty nester folks that don't have kids because we don't have any child care or kids ministry happening during that time. So this is a chance for those folks to be able to come in and get their learn on all right, before church. All right. And so they just started up, and they would love to have you join them next Sunday. You don't need to RSVP. You don't need to register. You just show up, and they will welcome you and get you plugged in. 
On Sunday mornings, though, as we do our church, we've got a couple other things for you to learn. So I want you to know that we've got a dynamic kids' ministry for the kids, okay? All the way from nursery to sixth grade, absolutely dynamic. Hope Huddleston and Catherine Carter, those two ladies, those two ministers are amazing, right? And we have a wonderful, gospel-centered, Jesus-loving, biblical kids' men. And so they are passionate about Jesus and passionate about helping kids learn about Jesus. So if you don't have an opportunity, I would encourage you, make sure your kids are able to participate in at least one of those services so they can learn about Jesus at a level that they can understand. Even more than that, we're just saying happy birthday there to our, our, our uh, student minister, Erin Anderson. She and a great team of volunteers have put together an amazing student ministry. And this student ministry is just thriving. We had about uh, mid-teens back at the old church. We were over 100 students coming and worshiping and studying here now at the new church. That's a huge increase. So if you're a student, if you're in 7th grade through 12th grade, we want to encourage you, be a part of what God's doing here to equip you to be ministers in your areas of life. Dynamic, dynamic. That's during second service. You can come to first service with your family. Second service, go be a part of the student ministry. And then for adults, during first service, we have a, an opportunity where we're going to have some courses over the course of the year that we're going to offer for adults. And these are equipping courses. So the first one is going to be coming up. Um, I'm going to be putting together and teaching a how to study the Bible course. I've run into a lot of people that go, Pastor John, I don't know how to study the Bible. Well, let's fix that. That sounds like an area to equip the saints. It'd be nice to know how to actually use the Bible, how to have a working knowledge of how to read it and apply it into my life. So we're going to teach a six-week class on how to study the Bible. In this, later in the spring, we're going to put together a financial workshop so we can understand God's view of money and how we can manage our money in light of God's view of that and how to be wise with our finances. We want to equip the saints. Right? So, so be on the lookout for these different ministries as they come available. But it doesn't stop there. Moving to Wednesday nights, this is where we're trying to put together a full suite curriculum called Family Life Discipleship, all right? Family Life Discipleship. Why family life? Because where is the greatest needs, where's the greatest battles happening in the family, in the home of the U.S. family, all right? So we want to go there with the gospel. And there are three ways specifically that we want to equip the saints, to disciple the saints. The one is in their marriage, and that's through our marriage ministry, Reengage right? Satan is constantly trying to attack marriages. If he can get mom and dad to be at odds, be fighting each other, then he's, he's got a house divided, and it's of no use for the kingdom. So we're going to go, and we come together. This will be our third time offering it. We come together so we can learn, be equipped to have a godly marriage to advance the gospel and make disciples. We've also, uh, last year, or the year before, it was last year, uh, we, we, we did a, a parenting study called Radical. All right, And that was where we learned to take similar gospel principles and how does that, if we can help our marriages by applying the gospel, can we help our families? Can we help learn to raise our kids differently in light of everything that's happening to them, everything that's happening to our families? And yes, when you bring the gospel into these areas of your life, you'd be surprised at the transformation that happens. This isn't just information. We're talking transformation. And so there's opportunities here. And then also to follow that up is financial discipleship. So this would be, and we'd like to offer that again on those Wednesday nights. Because we believe that most families could use work on their marriage, work on their parenting, and work on their finances. If your family's hurting in an area, I guarantee it's probably marriage, parenting, or finances. So we want to take the gospel straight in there and not just inform, but transform. That's what we're hoping to do. 
And so I want to make a plug, a shameless plug, right, for re-engage. All right. This is starting up in, on January 17th. Registration is getting ready to close shortly. And we'd love to get as many married couples in there as possible. And so please do me a favor, grab your phone, scan that QR code, and sign up. Sign up. We're going to have a promotional booth right outside those doors at the welcome desk. You'll see a re-engage banner. We'll have volunteers out there willing to help talk you through it, answer any questions. But this is an awesome opportunity this spring to equip your marriage for, for ministry. Excellent opportunity. In addition to that, in addition to that, we've got our life group ministry. Now, I want to specifically call out the young adults Okay, this is our college age and young adults. This is really important. Up until now, there hasn't been, from what I've been told from a lot of people, there is nothing for the youth to do once they graduate. When they turn 18 and they graduate high school, good luck trying to find a church that has a college and young adult ministry. It doesn't exist. And so all of a sudden, it feels like you didn't just graduate high school, you graduated church, but that's not what it's supposed to be. And you just feel isolated. You feel alone. And you're like, what am I supposed to do now? Well, I want you to know, we, are having, we have a life group that's starting up next Sunday for college age and, and young adults, 18 to 26. And so that's really, really important. But we also have life groups for all the other folks. We have men and women. So whether you're single or you just want to look for a men's group or a women's group, we've got those life groups. We also have for marrieds with and without kids. So if you have no kids and you want to get in a group, great. You have kids then that's fun, right? They bring kids into a life group. You get to do that together. Or you can be mingle and mix. But the key is, this is huge for what we're doing. Because one of the things, as this church continues to grow and grow and grow, we can't just keep building more and more buildings. It doesn't become economical feasible. So what we do is we do it what the old church did. And I'm talking old church like first century church. They met in homes. Therefore, when the gospel spread, they weren't hindered by a building. They just moved the ministry to the homes. And so that's what we're trying to do here. Our main method of discipleship is through the life groups. And so Jason and I sat down uh, late last year, and we actually planned out 2024's teaching calendar because we wanted to work better together as a team. Jason is an amazing senior pastor. He's an amazing preacher. And I tell you, that guy can look at a passage of Scripture and like that can have a three-point sermon ready to rock and roll. Okay? Me, not so much. Okay? It takes me a lot longer to do that. But for me to be able to support that with discipleship material to follow up, I need, we needed to have a strategy. We needed to be able to have a roadmap because it takes time to put that stuff together. So this year, we are really putting a lot of effort into these devotionals and these sermon questions because this is important. This is where discipleship happens, in the homes. And so again, another shameless plug. Life groups are launching next Sunday. We would highly, highly encourage you to sign up. We'd love to get you plugged into a group as Jason, Pastor Jason is getting ready to start our next sermon series. All right, excellent opportunity. But we're not done here. One more application. I want you to commit to serving at church. We can't do this without you. I'm just the pastor. You all are the? I'm just the pastor. You all are the? Yeah, you'll learn. I don't let you get away with that, right? <laughs> but we need ministers for ministry. We need volunteers to help us, right? There is always an opportunity to serve. And usually they'll say is, you know, 20% of the church does 80% of the work. 
We just grew astronomically. Our, our, if you consider like a, we talked about a new wineskin for a new wine, okay, and we moved over here from bigger building. Every ministry has grown. The complexity of every ministry has grown. The need for volunteers in every ministry has grown. But we need more people to fill those spots so we can continue to do gospel work and equip the saints. And so again, what are we all about here? Worship, learn, and serve. We want every believer, every saint, every minister to have an equal opportunity to worship one, serve one, and learn one. Again, now you can do multiple, but we don't want anybody to be stuck serving. And I don't mean stuck in a bad way, but they're serving faithfully, but they can't, they can't participate in anything to learn because there's no one there to fill in the next slot. So we want to create an opportunity for everyone to have the same opportunity. So here's something I wanted to start us off with the saying. Worship, learn, serve, all three at FPCE. There you go. Worship, learn, serve, all three at FPCE. Are you engaged in one, then make it the two, and then take it to three? Worship, learn, serve, all three at FPCE. And so right here is an opportunity. You can sign up. You click on that QR code. You scan that with your phone. It'll take you to a survey, and then you can sign up for multiple ministries. You could just say, hey, I don't know where I can serve. I'd love to just talk to somebody. We'll get back to you. Love that. We have, we have so many ministries that would love to have you. We've got a kitchen ministry. We've got a welcome ministry. We've got a worship ministry. We have audio video ministry. We have kids ministry. We have student ministry. We have adult ministries. We have marriage ministries, parent ministries, financial ministries. We have maintenance ministries. We've got stuff all over the place. Connections ministry. You name it, we've probably got it. The only thing missing is you. So love for you to be a part of what we're doing. So, again, what are we about? Loving, learning, and living like Jesus. How do we do that? We worship, we learn, and we serve. And at FBCE, you can do all three. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for giving us vision. Thank you, Jesus, for illuminating that love is the greatest. Uh, we're going to thank the Apostle Paul, who was inspired by Jesus, to let us know that one of the main purposes of the church was to equip the saints for service and ministry. And then thank you, Jesus, that you gave us the Great Commission. And thank you for your wisdom and how you gave that to it. You gave it to the disciples before the church was even birthed. Because discipleship isn't just a church thing. It's a follower of Jesus thing. And so, Father, help us to be faithful with these. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us to start with one and then ask you to help us work to two and then work to three. And so help us to come to church faithfully on Sunday mornings. Help us to worship with our lives. Help us to get our learn on and find a, a learn community to connect to. And then help us to be a part of what you're doing here and help us to find a place to serve. Thank you so much, Father, for everything you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.